Thank you for joining us today on Salon Sluice. My name is Leslie and my co-host is Melissa. I want to remind all of you who listen to us on a regular basis, or maybe this is your first time, to please follow, subscribe, like, share, whatever the case may be for the platform you are on. Now, we do post these episodes on YouTube with video for those of you who'd rather watch. We enjoy making these shows, but unless you interact with us, we're not sure if you do. So please jump on your social media and let us know. You can find us under Salon Sluice on almost any platform. Now, we hope you enjoy today's show. Thank you. Can you, can you show her your hands? Yeah, I got my hands, my, my little cripple hands up here. So and you can't move your hands? I can move my wrists back. Um, so that's like how I grab things is I move my wrist back and, and even if you like, if you relax your own fingers and you move your wrist back, your, your hand will just naturally close. Okay. Yeah. And so that's what I use to grab things. Uh, but individually, like, no, no, I can't move my, uh, um, each digit on its own, you know, okay. but, um, so that, that's, uh, the injury side of me. Um, and yeah, I've been living on my own for the last three years now and uh just kind of exploring you know newfound independence it's like going off to college again right you you uh you escape the uh you know the the parental household and you kind of learn how to live on your own i'm, I'm going through that now so and when you say c you said a c5 injury mm -hmm. what does that mean exactly so it's the uh the um the c Five bone is if you count if you can feel on the back of your neck you have all these vertebrae if you count down five bones that's the bone that had the impact on my spinal cord and so the the neck uh what well, you know the spinal cord in general is obviously very sensitive but your ability to move is very much dictated on where the injury happened on your spinal cord so I'm kind of lucky to be a C5 as far as quadriplegia because if I was one up, then I wouldn't be able to, you know, move my wrists. Um, if I was two up, I wouldn't be able to move my arms probably. Um, and C1, you're usually on a ventilator for the rest of your life. So, you know, it's a matter of inches. And um, and so in that regard, I'm I'm lucky that it was the middle of my neck where I have some hope of independence and and uh you know being able to survive on my own essentially yeah well yeah for sure. now, well, from your logo when i was looking at it it almost looks like neck down mm -hmm. to be honest mm -hmm. i couldn't tell and then when i heard you talk about you pray for fist bumps versus handshakes i was like well maybe you can't use your arms like i wasn't sure right. what that meant and then i figured only people who have been through this or know somebody would understand what a c5 was right yeah right. and I it's easy idea. for me to kind of gloss over that because it's yeah. been my life for the last you know five years well i and, thought that's why we would talk about it because there's probably mm -hmm. people like me who have no idea and i thought mm -hmm. okay well we can just clarify a few things yeah absolutely right. absolutely and and so it, it yeah quadriplegia it's quite the range um and with the promo and the in the video in the logo um, I do kind of split the difference between going in that power chair that you see in the logo and in the promo, which is this, you know, this big uh, kind of clunky chair that I could go long distances in. But when I don't need to go around, you know, anywhere too far or I'm not driving anywhere, then I'd prefer to be in uh, just like your typical manual wheelchair that you'd see. Yeah. Um, 
see around and stuff. So I have the ability to move my arms. My shoulders are pretty much full strength, but uh, shoulders and up are, are good. It's, it starts to just wane as you work your way down my body a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Chase, who are you? Um, well, I'm Chase Claus, and I'm the other co-host for the We Ain't Broke podcast. Um, as I mentioned in the, the first episode, I'm, you know, I kind of identify as an orphan really over the last 11 years and really been focusing most of the, you know, the first couple episodes on really discussing my early childhood and um, a little bit divulging into the intro of the divorce and all the way up till fifth grade. And hopefully this uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll be able to divulge a little bit more into sixth grade uh, through high school. Um, so yeah, I haven't given too many details um, as to the how or the why or you know the what or the when. But so far, that's all you know is that I'm uh, you know this this guy who identifies as an orphan and who's gone through divorce. And you know during that time, I've had a you know a little little troublesome of a um early life so yeah our our original you get our original <laughs> podcast name was going to be cripple orphan and then at the last the minute Jason and and like, yeah and we're like that might be a little harsh for some listeners yeah, like, so. i don't know if we really want to like <laughs> right. constantly identify as that like oh right. it's the well, orphan and I the cripple like hey what's name. up like when i say they're like it's it's perfect but i do like mm. cripple orphan i actually kind of like that but I mean, it, it's powerful but it's yeah. like it's the guys from the cripple orphan podcast yeah right it has a little ring to it it already is like intriguing what does that mean you know but mm-hmm. um yeah. anyway yeah it's all about how we self-identify right yeah. i mean yeah. all of it for sure yeah. yeah well funny chase is um you know there's a couple of like you're kind of touching on sometimes that when i first met your mom it was like around 88 or sorry 98 and 99 Okay. And, um, and I just remember her like getting really frustrated with your dad on the phone, you know, yeah. at, at work. Cause the phone's like in the salon, okay. In the main area. And she would just be like kind of overwhelmed. She'd have to go in the back and like, you know, take a deep breath and stuff. And, um, uh, and I, I also shared how I met her for the first time. Like I was super, like when I met your mom, like, um, and it's funny because as we see our parents, we see them as these people that know everything. You know, yeah. they, they have knowledge behind them when they're really just an older version of us. Yeah, we think, you that know, they went the, through the same things images. we did. They had fights with their friends and they, you know, stole each other's sweaters and sweatshirts and, you know, all of that stuff. They did all of that. But it's really hard to see our parents in that light. And it was funny, um, you know, after my mother had passed away, um, I had met up with her best friend and then she told me some stories about my mom that I had no idea. I had, I had hippie parents, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So growing up, my family um, was all in Texas and my parents. Where, uh, where in Texas? Were they in so Austin? My grandpa, no, they're not. They're like in the armpits, two different armpits of Texas. One was El Paso right next to Juarez, wow. which mm-hmm. we used to just walk across the border and have lunch you would never go there now. Um, and then the other one was um, Lubbock, Texas, which I believe the Dixie Tricks are from, or Dixie mm-hmm. Chicks are from. 
And um, that's where my parents had met. But what they had done is they kind of separated from the family and moved up here to be hippies. Meanwhile, like my whole family gets to go to Texas A&M and go to the, um, you know, the, um, the country clubs and all of that. But because my parents wanted to be these hippies, like I kind of lose that, mm-hmm. that chance. And then to them, like college mm-hmm. wasn't super important because as long as you're happy, and as long as you're doing what you love, yeah. you know, but then you're right. like, but, my, but I'm limiting what I can do if about that, that college education, you know? And so that's why I'm really trying with my own kids to like push them to college or whatever, you know? But um, I can't even remember why I'm telling you this story. Oh, because we put our parents on these things. And then yeah. when you, yeah. when somebody tells you a story, you're like, oh my gosh, they are really just like us. Like we are mm-hmm. just trying to mm-hmm. figure it out as we go. Right. And so, um, and it's just funny that like Chase and I were somewhat friends, you know, I, I would consider you a friend. I would, you yeah. know, I you about random stuff anyway. Yeah. But, um, but I also knew your mom and I knew her as probably differently than you had. And um, I just remember her coming in one day and she was really upset because um, your dad had given his girlfriend engagement boobs. Does that ring a bell at all? No. <laughs> It wasn't Not at all. She just got oh my gosh. boobs. And I was and I was like, what? What is that? And then she's like, you know, and I was like, oh. And we were all just kind of <laughs> laughing about that. And this was around 1999. So like that's why I was in my head. I was doing all the math of all these different um, moments that I had with her where I felt like were significant <sighs> moments in my life, but with her. Wonder if Dane and, knows about those. Right? I don't know. Well, I was trying to like do the math with you, like, oh, then your dad um got this girlfriend. I'm like, well, the timing's not quite the same, but then um, but then again, I don't know. And wow. I don't want to talk about That's my awesome. other things until you get to that time <laughs> on your podcast, like to, you know, share some of the things that I remember. And honestly, like, I don't know if that's going to make things better or worse for you, you know, so what that, with what you share. Yeah. A little bit. Um, I think, I think it's good. And I think that's kind of what's been so fascinating for me, at least with the last two weeks and, and Egan and, and Alex and I sharing you know, the, these moments in time is, I mean, look what we're doing right now. We're already on another podcast, being able to discuss a portion of our lives, but I'm really fascinating, fascinated by the fact that like we get to bring stories up of people who are past and who have been past for 11 years. And Mm -hmm. I've said this to Alex, what's been really great is I get to bring my parents back to life. But what I'm also finding is these thoughts and and these ideas are very much alive and well in other people. And I don't know if you wound up getting a chance to talk to Teresa, but Teresa, the the person that I reached out to with, with their wedding photos last week, you know, she went on this tangent about how she had a dream about my mom the other day, you know, and I don't think that that would have been communicated had we not been taking these steps with this podcast. Right. So it's, you know, being able to hear this other side has been, um, has been really kind of a gift. Um, even if it at times has been overwhelming or, or tough to, to really listen to. Well, and I think um, just hearing more stories and a little bit more glimpse into their lives is, is also kind of yeah. nice. Like, and maybe it will make sense some of some of that stuff. Like yeah. the, the story that I was shared from my mom's best friend, she's shared this like really crazy story. And I was like, yeah, makes sense. Like not anything that I would have expected, but I'm like, it all kind of fits in and I get it. Like, you know, and I was like, oh. Yeah. 
like thinking back, you're like, oh, of course that's what happened. You know, I had no idea, but anyway, I want to go to Alex for a minute because, um, you know, I, I used to have a client named Alex and he was in the wheelchair. Oh, and, no way. Um, that's not fair. I, there's only supposed to be one of us. Yeah. That's, well, yeah. I, but... The funny thing is when I Google his name, there's some like wrestler with the same name, but I, then I had to go, you know, Alex, his last name and then wheelchair. <laughs> and then, but the thing was, he was a con man and I didn't know it at the time. No way. Yeah. There's a whole story behind him. And so that's kind of what? like our salon sleuths. People come into our salons and we have these like crazy stories because these are all individual lives of people. Right, right. So then some people talk about ghosts because that's what I love. And so those come to me and then, but some people have these like crazy stories. So I think one day I have to do one about Alex, but, um, so, so it was funny because I would bring him back to the salon and, uh, we had this like playful little relationship with, you know, within the business. So I would basically mm-hmm. do a pedicure on his hands because that's where the calluses were. And that's where like, you know, um, they would just get dirty from the wheelchair and stuff. So yeah. I would basically do the, a pedicure on his hands and a manicure on his feet because they were so soft, but he also can't cut his own toenails. So right. he would come in and, um, oh my gosh, you know when you're at the grocery store and somebody runs a cart into the back of your legs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, what the heck? So he would do that with his chair. And I would turn oh, I still, and be yeah. like, what? And he would smile. So I'm like, oh, he didn't do it on, on accident, right? So, but once he, you know, transferred it to the pedicure and I would put his feet in, I would grab behind his knees and yank him forward. So he's like going to fall off of his chair. And then I would just do the same smirk back at him. So we had this like little playful thing. And I think for me, I felt like, you know, he was just like anybody else. He's just now in this chair, but he was 16 when he had had his accident and he was drinking and driving. And I had asked him a question once and I want to ask you the same thing. And I want to hear what you would say, but. Well, I asked him, when did he realize that you would never walk again? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think there's different layers to that. Uh, I think uh, a lot of the credit could be placed on Craig Hospital, where I went for rehabilitation. Because when you first get injured, you know, the first six weeks I'm in Mission Hospital, I'm essentially... We talk about it next episode, but just kind of like fighting for my life every day. And that was like the main focus. So that was and another question I had for you. But let's go back to that. I, I wanted to stop you for a minute because I do want to go back okay. to that one. Okay. All right. And, um, but at Craig, uh, while we're rehabilitating, they are, they, they make it uh, pretty realistic. They say, you know, who, maybe you are able to walk again. Let's always focus on that. But right now you're not. So let's focus on the muscles that you do have and work those out and make them compatible with living the life that you want to live as you are right now. And I think that mentality, I don't I don't think I could have a specific date of being like, okay, you know, I've given up on the walking train. I don't even think I've necessarily given up on it today as a who knows what could happen kind of situation. But um, I think that acceptance happened in rehabilitation being like, you're right. You know, if something does happen, that's great. But like, why wait around and get frustrated with the fact that you can't do something when you could actively pursue um, exercises or living habits or whatever right. that can just better your life in the current situation. That you're just in. controlling the controllables. Yeah. And so it was early on and I, and I do think it's 
because of just good guidance from my physical therapist and occupational therapist um, who, who kind of work with you together um, um, in your exercises uh, and, and them just being, you know, honest, but, but caring um, and guiding me down the right path. Well, that's, that's a good point because when I met Alex, he was probably in his 40s. And his mm -hmm. injury was when he was 16. And there was a time right. in there where he realized he would never walk. Because I did Google C5 miracles. And there were right. people in there oh, that yeah. were actually walking. And it would say, like, like year three, this guy was just, um, he had gotten to a certain point. And then, so, he, I mean, it was way past three years before he started even getting there. So I was like, to make that assumption that you would never walk again was probably unfair to even actually say that out loud. But there's always an option. We just don't know. Yeah. No, and it's no, it's not unfair, and 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 it's um, they typically say the spinal cord finishes healing after two years, and so typic the the general consensus of naturally recovering to walking ability that typically that window closes after two years. So I mean, I you're you're totally accurate there. I always leave the window open because you never know when, uh, you know, we'll have some crazy super scientists just be like, oh, we figured it out. But, yeah. you know, there's no reason in, in, um, in waiting around for that. Yeah. But. Well, I read a, a book called um, My, in, uh, My Stroke of Insider, something along those lines. And Chase mentioned stroke last time. <laughs> and mm -hmm. um, this woman had this, she was really young. And it's this, I'm trying to remember the name of the book. It was incredible. But you know, she had this massive stroke and it was like, she's like, people tell me I wouldn't be able to do certain things. She's like, I couldn't multiply and divide until year seven. She's like, right. because it's constantly reconnecting. So we don't know. I mean, they can say that, but we don't know really what, what to expect. But, okay. Right. So Craig, you mentioned Craig a few places. That's a place. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, and I haven't got into detail. I, I need to more so, uh, in, in future episodes, but yeah, so Craig Hospital um, was, it's in Denver, Colorado, in Englewood, Colorado, so just outside Denver. And it is connected to Swedish Hospital, but it's an independent uh, rehabilitation hospital with inpatient care. So, you know, the people that go there, there are some outpatients that like come in and, and do some work, but, you know, their main focus are freshly injured um, patients that, that live at the hospital for typically about two to three months. I'm an overachiever, so I stayed there six months. Um, and uh, they were actually originally founded as a tuberculosis recovery hospital. And then as time went on, they started to cover brain injury and spinal cord, and that's what they do today. And uh, with my injury, I actually got both. So it was the perfect place for me to go. And um, it, it's a very unique environment because in, in some aspects, it's almost like a dorm room, you know, and, and then uh, the other aspect is obviously just being in the gym and learning how to improve your situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because Chase mentions being in a room at, at first years, 
like 12 people of the first years. And I was like, is that oh, right. yeah. like, like, I didn't under, I was like, I wasn't sure. Is that like first year injury people? Is this first year? I wasn't sure. He, he was that um, with that. Uh, he was saying like, uh, if, if I were to go back to college and I am, and let's say I'm, I'm in a wheelchair in that situation okay. and in that situation where I'm the only person in a wheelchair and I have to introduce myself and they say, say something about you. That was more about how I approach um, introducing myself to new people, which I kind of have to, at some point, recognize the situation being like, okay, some of you guys have probably never talked to anybody in a wheelchair before, and, and most likely never a quadriplegic. So it's something that I like to bring up in situations like that to kind of... Um, you know, kind of address the elephant in the room, which is my physical situation. And in doing so in a lighthearted manner, know that I'm comfortable with it. And it offers some level of comfort for them that they aren't, while we're talking, they're not constantly going to be like, am I going to offend if I say this or this? It's like, you know, I like to kind of poke fun at myself a little bit and be like, it's okay. Yeah, you're really funny. yeah. Thank you very much. Well, I have a lot of, I have clients and I have some that are of different races and I'm like, seriously, I am probably going to say something that might be offensive and just know I would never personally do that on purpose. Like I'm, and just tell me if I am, but I, you know, sometimes I think I'm funny or sometimes like they say white privilege. I, I just don't even know what I'm doing wrong sometimes. And so yeah. I think when we do see people in wheelchairs, we wonder what had happened, right. you know, and, um, it's really none of our business. And I know um, we, we took some ASL classes um, and it's really rude to ask somebody if why they're deaf or if they, have they always been deaf. That's just like a big no-no. Really? Uh, okay. Even though we're always wondering, right? And also right. when you're watching somebody doing sign language, that's also rude because you're listening in on their conversation. Oh, interesting. So there's certain I things really, that I don't yeah. know. So like, do we go up to somebody in a wheelchair? Obviously I'm not gonna just walk up to somebody in a grocery store and be like, Hey, so what happened to you? You know, but like, right. can I get something down for you? Or, you know, like we don't, I just don't know. Like, and, and I think that's the tough thing. Cause it, it is, it is just dealing with individuals. Like I can't say just because I'm uh, relatively comfortable talking about it. It's tough for uh, even me to talk with another person in a wheelchair. Like I, I go through the same thing. Like even being in a wheelchair, I'm like, is it cool? I, I get a little more leeway, obviously. Um, but I still wonder like, okay, what's the, what's the bar that I have to yeah. abide by essentially? Because the situation, some people are more, um, whether it's self-consciousness or it's just hard for them emotionally to talk about. Um, you know, I get that obviously, but for me, you know, I, because I do kind of, want to carry this weight of normalcy um i think it the the earnest is on me to um express a level of comfort with that person you know i kind of i kind of offer a little vulnerability to you know let that person in in the conversation yeah yeah um okay then the other note that i had written degrassi degrassi I, degra- I, I don't know i, I said i that? so so I said Degrassi. I do not know if it's pronounced Degrassi or Degrassi. Okay. I've never actually seen the show, but oh, you haven't seen the but show. I know, but you put I a have, lot of credit towards that. But everybody oh, knows yeah. Drake. Is everybody knows Drake. Is it like a 
like a performance or is it a movie? What is it? So it's a, it's a, it's kind of like a teenage soap opera from Canada and it was popular in the United States as well. It was on like, um, oh, I, it, what was it? Fox family or, or one of those, like I don't ABC know what the family, channel, yeah. ABC family. Yeah. And, uh, it, I remember my cousins were really into it, but that was kind of always the joke that people would poke fun at Drake for was like, Oh, you know, you're this mega hip hop star, but we all know where you came from, which is <laughs> wheelchair Jimmy and Degrassi. So, <laughs> well, yeah. I was, and so I was a cool mama word. I did drive my daughter and some friends up, to a Drake concert in Seattle. Oh, there you go. A couple that, years ago for cool. her, I gave it to her one of the holidays for her birthday or Christmas or something. Yeah, yeah shout out to Aubrey, uh, who, which is Drake's <laughs> real name. He's, uh, yeah, like I said, long time listener to the podcast, you know, a patron saint of We Ain't Broke. Yeah, funny. That's funny. <laughs> hey, I, Leslie. I, I, um, yeah. My mom also drove me up to Seattle once with some friends uh, my freshman year high school so we could... Well, we wound up climbing the fence at Quest Stadium, and we wound up playing football on the Seahawks field. No she, way. She, what she said was, if you're going to do it, you better do it now because you're not an adult, and this won't be on your record. That's so funny. She was so, kind of like that. Like, Was that when she uh, fell wow. asleep driving on the way home? uh i mean if she fell asleep driving she i'd like to think she would have crashed but we didn't we never crashed there was one time and i i swear you guys were with her she had i think she was living like seattle or somewhere and like she crashed against a guardrail and got up you know woke up or whatever but i was like you were like on the road for like 10 minutes like you shouldn't have been driving oh it wasn't like you're like two hours into a drive and then fall asleep like, like you were you exhausted and you decided to drive <laughs> yeah, I swear. I mean, she probably, you know, bumped the guardrail and then like got up. But I, I just remember her saying she was in a car accident on her way home. And I'm like, you just got on the road. Like, <laughs> well, there you go. There's a story I didn't know. Yeah, right? I, I know. Right? It's like, maybe that was it because it was like, you know, later on. But and I don't know, it was probably one of you guys. She came over and she's like, um, I can't remember what it was, but there was like a little gorilla that would dance on the computer screen. Oh yeah. And she thought yeah. I put it there? No, you you could um Hi. you could the hey you could like you could type a message and the gorilla would speak. I can't remember what the app was called, but um Steve Wright and I had downloaded it and it was yeah. super I think it was like a purple gorilla too. It was really weird. she thought it was just like oh because she didn't really understand computers very well and she was like, I don't know. She thought it, I sent her something because she just thought like when you got She was worried dance, about the dancing purple gorilla. Yeah. Like I can't Although get I was it off the She's just terrorizing your mom. Unbelievable. Well, was it wasn't for her. It was for library me, on their computer. And there was a naked lady in the corner. She's kind of transparent, but she was doing yoga. And so at the, I was like, hmm, that's hmm. interesting. And then looking around, did somebody, did somebody, like, did somebody put this on here and they're watching my reaction or whatever? So at the end, I went to the library and I'm like, you might want to go look at that computer. There's like a, a naked lady. That was Chase too, I think. That was Chase's yeah. yeah. ride also. It probably my was. Bad. <laughs> um, yeah. So what I wanted to tell you about Alex, when he told me, um, that he knew that he would always be in a wheelchair was uh, he was no longer dreaming of walking. So when he, like we have flying dreams, 
he would have walking and he goes, I would have dancing dreams where he would be dancing. Mm -hmm. And so I think he said once he realized um, when he started dreaming that way, that he would always be in the wheelchair. What do you dream? Do you dream? Well, I do dream and I, and I, I dream both ways. I'd say most of the time I actually am walking in my dreams or kind of like floating, you know, where it's like kind of that first person perspective, you're just kind of floating through a situation. But most of the time uh, I am walking, but I'd say probably 30% of the time I'm in a, in, in a wheelchair. I do have a lot of dreams though of walking, like being able to walk, knowing that I can't walk. And it's like, it, it's usually like a stress dream. It's usually so like it's I haven't huh? a little bit, but less, less lucid, more of like I'm standing up in the chair or I'm standing up out of my chair and like walking around and I know I shouldn't be able to, but like I am for whatever reason. So it's kind of like shaky legs a little bit. Like it's an uncomfortable kind of thing and usually a little bit stressful, but um, that's interesting. I've actually, so maybe I'll get back to you. If I ever just stop having dreams of that, maybe that's like a, a turning point. No, and, I don't uh, want you to. I want you to, I want you to like walk. Yeah. Well, and and I know Claudia's had a few dreams of uh, Egan walking oh, again. Oh man, so. Claudia's dreams are just crazy. I mean, <laughs> I well the the one that I'm thinking of, uh, Chase. I've told you a few times though that she told me when I first got back. Mm-hmm. When, I don't remember it, so you might need to yeah, retell it. So uh, when I got back from Craig Hospital, so this is seven months later. Claudia told me that she had a dream that our friend group were all like kind of standing in a circle. And this is the night that I got injured or like soon after, maybe it was the night before she had heard about it or something. And I stepped out into the middle of the circle and I looked at her and I was like, everything's going to be okay. And that was the dream, which like blew my mind. Mm -hmm. So you're that type of person though. Like you've been always that person. You've made everybody comfortable all the time. So no wonder, like she knew that about you way before. And so like, that was so natural for her to dream that. And you're still that way. But this is even before she knew that I was Oh, uh, that's even weirder though. But for for you to give her comfort, even in the dream, Mm -hmm. that's no surprise. But I I get what you're saying now. She didn't But thank you though. I appreciate it. I mean that, yeah, Yeah. I've I've always, right. Maybe I'm a people pleaser to a fault. (laughs) <laughs> but I love but, that you're still uh, that way. Like that never changed about your personality. You know, I think right. I I think it almost went into overdrive because I wanted I loved the life that I lived and I wanted to hold on to that as tightly as I could or as as much that I could. So I knew um the first step to getting there would be a level of acceptance with myself and being able to poke fun at myself. Cause I don't want to create awkward situations um with my friends or with anybody that I meet and so to do that you have to feel as um the least amount of awkwardness about yourself um within yourself too so that's I think that was a huge focus of mine Um, I think both of you have missed the mark too I think you guys could both be amazing therapists like if you want yeah. i'm not kidding you think you might both be laughing no i i, I, I think, think that a better, lot you would even be better but i'm like like just listening to you guys and the words that you choose and and how you um express things 
like I just think you naturally are really great listeners and I think you also could help so many people that I don't know I think if you have school in your you know in your future or maybe you would that would be a really great thing thank you like, yeah. I, I just think personally um well, let me think we can bring back cripple orphan did, again as a title. I did. It, it could um, be the back, cripple orphan, orphan uh, therapy center. Yes. <laughs> I, I, that would be your business name. Right. Well, five years ago, one thing that stuck out to me when you guys, when you and Brian were hosting a Halloween party, I thought about how great of a host you were, Alex. And I was like, I, I feel like I said this to you, that you're going to make an amazing adult host. And, <laughs> you know, now you're Party a co-host of a podcast. There we go. There you're we go. And everybody in their dreams. 50% of a good right. host right it's now. It's just what yeah. you do. Well, thank you. I mean, that was a fun party. I put in so much effort in that party and Brian put in 0% effort. Nice. So I will gladly accept I mean, that compliment. I put in a lot of effort too. I, I showed up as Sting from... Yes, you did. And no one knew who I was. You were getting so frustrated with people because. Yeah, you're Gene Simmons. No, I'm not Gene Simmons. Jace was not at all fed up with that part. I'm surprised he didn't leave early. There's two, there were were two people that knew who I was. And Claudia had mentioned that before. She's like, no one's going to know who you are. And I was like, everybody watched wrestling in the 90s. Everyone's going to know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My kids will dress like that. I'm like, I don't know. You know, I try yeah. to tell them the opposite, but right, he was uh, probably more upset that Claudia was getting proven right. Yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, one more question, Alex, for you is: you did say that, um, like, you weren't sure if you were going to live during that time, and I wanted yeah. to know: was that real? Like, was that something you were thinking, or was it an actual thing that yeah. happened to you? Could you have passed away? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, both, both. Um, I, we, we go into it more in, in episode three, but I, but, um, love to talk about it here though, because, um, it, it was a, it was a combination of both. There was uh, constant panic attacks. Um, I was put on a ventilator in those early days just to make sure that I stayed breathing, but my lungs worked just enough to fight that ventilator. So I'd constantly be choking myself, um, unintentionally. And then not know what to do, and I'd go into a panic attack and and pass out. That wasn't necessarily like a a life threatening thing, but it was something that I feared every day. And was like they almost wanted would, you to pass out so that you could just breathe easily. Right? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like that. That's they would just put in uh, medicine to just try and relax me, and and eventually it would knock me out. So that I I felt like I was going to die um, through those. I almost I had life threatening things throughout I, my heart stopped three times um and i also had a collapsed lung and had to get the the big bag thing that you see like uh, that emts will have when they they put the little mask over their person's face and you squeeze the the bag so yeah I, and a and chest I, tube i'm guessing chest i had yeah I had two two chest tubes i had a stomach tube um i i was poked and prodded Quite a and bit. you and you had a couple infections too, and I had some infect right. So then down the line, I almost died at Craig too because um, I got this super rare form of C diff, which is a hospital-borne illness. Uh, it's like a bacteria infection, and usually when it happens, it kind of just makes you like really stomach sick overall. But for whatever reason, this form of C diff uh, started attacking my calcium levels, 
And so that was uh, another, that was like way down the line too. This was like probably three or four months later. Um, And so it was very strange, but that, yeah, that was super dangerous too. But so we at that con- point I but at that point I was like not as scared anymore. It was more of just like another thing. But the nurses and the doctors were definitely concerned. So I'm convinced that you're a cat. How many lives do you think you have left? <laughs> I don't know if I'm a cat or a cockroach. But <laughs> um uh yeah, I'm if I'm a cat, then I gotta be safe because I'm probably up to seven or eight. <laughs> <laughs> you're pushing it. Yeah, exactly. So Chase, tell us what's happening on the next episode, because you guys drop on Mondays, is that right? Yeah. Okay, and there were Tuesdays, so no one's going to hear this till after you've already said yours. So yeah, we want people yeah. to listen to your third one, which will be already out. So tell us a little bit what's going to be on that one. Yeah, I mean, this was kind of an amazing discovery that we had, because originally we had plans about, you know, discussing um, his story at mission, and then going into a little more detail with um, my transition from sixth grade up till about my junior year of high school. Um, but what we pretty much found early on was there was just a lot of content that um, Alex was talking about. And, you know, we almost felt like it would be a disservice if we cut like half of that and then, you know, forced me to talk about, you know, my timeline. So, what we wound up coming up with was that this would be a whole episode just kind of predicated towards um, Alex's time at Mission because um, because it's so impactful and because there were so many events. Um, and it just adds so much more color to, to his story. So we felt that that was really the best thing. And then um, hopefully the, the episode after that will really try and, and get into the weeds with my timeline of, of sixth yeah. grade till throughout um, high school. It's really a bummer, like when we're your episode's over and you're kind of like left, like oh, I have to wait another week. It's like an it's like this mini series that you. Listen We've got appointment to. television oh, going. Oh, we right, have man. appointment television yeah. going. It's you great. know, I turn on my notifications so I know when it's out. So I'm like it's the carrot on the street. Everybody else, Good. it's like that. Like, uh, so I think I'm so proud of you guys, really. And I love that you guys are doing this together. Like the, it's really funny because Melissa, who I do my show with. First of all, I like to tell people that I'm 5'4". I'm probably 5'3", maybe 5'2". I, I think I'm 5'3". Oh, so that's not just a guy thing, then. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, I still like say I'm 6'4", even totally though I'm 4'10 now. people in our lives. Like, and so it's fun to like, be able to, like, uh, you know, she's a little bit like me. Like, I will just speak my mind, which also, also gets me in trouble. Like, but also you don't, you would know if I'm mad or not mad. Yeah. By the but you just, the you just ask for forgiveness later. Yeah, kind of. But then I've also learned <laughs> it's not also very acceptable in the little town that we live in to just, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's I'm very having PC. a hard time balancing that and especially balancing because, you know, I love um, the spirit world and it, a lot of people don't even um, take the time to really think about stuff like that. No. And how, because I think people, and I, I hate to say this in our little community, they, um, they're very surface. Nobody really has a lot of feelings and they're all about what they have. And it's, I really it's a want, strive for comfort. Yeah. And yeah, I just like general. to go deeper. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like yeah. those little mini conversations. I hate, I hate, I hate having conversations with drunk people. 
I don't drink at all. So it's really hard to like even go there because I know it's not an in-depth and they're not going to remember. So I feel like I'm wasting my time even trying to explain to yeah. people why I don't drink or, you know, whatever things, but I do have a hard time balancing some of that stuff sometimes, but mm-hmm. that's so, just what I am. Well, so then, cause that's fascinating. Cause I, that, I think the same way, like, I'm always like, how can I feel like I am creating a more deep and meaningful relationship with someone? And that's kind of how this podcast came to be is because mm-hmm. I was so adamant about trying to, you know, pull that out of Alex, but like, so how do you do it in your life? Like what, how do you find those, those meaningful, impactful relationships or those moments in time? It's really hard hard to find people like that who are willing to do that. Like, and so I, I feel like I have a, I have a bunch of people in my lives, but none that really know me and none that I really know. And then some people you let in and then you realize it wasn't real or, you know, and, and so there is that hard but the people that I do, I would say like you, I could call you and like, oh my gosh, this happened today. And we call that authentic people who are willing to be vulnerable and tell you their story and to share it and then not judge you later. Right. Right. There's so many people that will listen to you and then turn on you yeah. or talk about you behind your back about certain right. things. And honestly, like um, I always say, if, if, if I talk about Alex to you, Chase, it would be something I would say to his face. Right. Yeah. Right. So as long as, and, and, and sometimes it would be hard to hear, but that's just who I am anyway. I'm going to like, if, if I'm saying something that might be rude, I would probably say it rudely to them as well. Right. Like, so I just think it's hard to find people truly like that. And yeah. but it sounds but, like you need to live back East. What's that? Right. Yeah. It sounds like you need to live back East. Oh, I don't know it, if I'd like those people either. I don't know, but you get some of that. You no one likes each other in the East. Though. Hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's a hard place to be, and yeah. but I do find the more that you do that, the more people um, are almost um, magnetic to that. Yeah. Because once I started talking about what I enjoy, like paranormal stuff, I get a bunch of clients like that right? It just starts to happen that way. And then I will say one little thing and then I know if they're in or they're not. And then I just know I'm not going to talk about that to that person, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and your mom was really great about that. She was really, um, I was, I called her like almost like a chameleon. And that's just how you are in our industry. You had to like adjust your personality to each different person. Yeah. And she was yeah. really good at that. Like really you know? good at reading the room and reading yeah. the situation. Yeah. You know, and you did talk about, um, and I, what time is it? Okay, we have a little bit of time. You did mention, I know that um, your stepdad, there was some abuse there. Mm-hmm. You do know that it was also towards your mom. So I didn't. Yeah. And I, I was actually going to ask you that, but it was a matter of finding the time. So I had, I had a great conversation with my uncle this week. Yeah, okay. And like, it's a conversation that I feel like I've never had. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, what's so fascinating about this. And I said to him, I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if he was doing that to my mom. I wouldn't be surprised one bit if she had some kind of, you know, battered woman syndrome and she was just stuck in the well, middle and I she didn't know what to why do. She stayed. Like it yeah. got to the point where she didn't see any friends. And if she, you know, we lived right next door, you knock too loud, yeah. I would open the yeah. door. Right. And I remember she had come over one day and I, you know, like you're fine until somebody asks you, are you fine? 
are you okay? And then all of a sudden and, you're like, Whoa. yeah. Well, and I don't think, I don't think that like, I mean, it's not, I was too young to really ask that yeah. question, but I don't think that that's like, it's the tears of a clown. Like my mom had the appearance and it was always about somebody else. And like you say that we would make great therapists. I really think my mom would have great, met, been a great therapist too. And it was maybe you could even argue with, you know, being in that industry that she was by asking some questions with some of her. I think we all up. are. And yeah. so no doubt that you're just a product of her. Like, and no wonder you have the words that would soothe somebody in an, in a, yeah when they needed it. Right. Yeah. But I did want to mention that to you because, you know, you said, you know, you, there was a phone call and it was no doubt him, but I think there's a, something psychological that happens with somebody like him who purposely targeted someone like her right. and and she was weak when it came when it was that far in and um there was i mean i could tell you um what you and your brother suffered was probably terrible yeah but nothing compared to what she probably well did. exactly and i think that the difference was and like it's one of those times where i give myself a crap ton of credit for really stepping up and saying that I think the difference is had my mom told my grandpa or my uncle no things would be different I I don't know what would have happened it wouldn't have been good it wouldn't have been it wouldn't there wouldn't there still wouldn't be resolved um but the fact that he did reach out to really made me think that there were a lot of things that were out of her control in that situation and and that you know her psychology um you know psyche her spirit was very much dampened and um you know it's such a complex situation that there's there's no ultimate answer to it i think though the the more that you know the more of understanding you will have yeah and like i could share things with you and i want to give them to you when you're ready and when you want them but um, like for me like i'm not surprised um because I knew ultimately that's probably what would have happened. But I was surprised when I heard, I'm gonna get teary up, I'm trying not to right now. Um, because I thought I would feel that she was gone. And I yeah. mentioned it that at my last one, like um, I felt like we were close enough that I would know them when she wasn't here. Yeah. And that was the part that was hard. But um, I do want to, I did want to share that with you that um, it oh, was I terrible. That. I think losing you was the hardest thing for her and she never recovered from that. And yeah. and it was all from him. She also lost young life because of him. They asked her no longer to be a part of it because her house was unsafe. Mm. Because even after you were gone, there was stuff that happened in the house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and maybe we can go in more and maybe you know from your uncle, but um, the house was no longer safe for lots of different reasons, but. Um, yeah, well, and yeah. The, the other thing that I picked up on really early on, cause we had Rocky, we had a Rottweiler that was a very, he was a sweetheart. And after being gone for a period of time and coming back, he was no longer that sweetheart, which means that that abuse was being done on him. Yeah. And it was changing him. So there were a lot of signs that I was reading, you know, but I didn't have the word. And I, I was, There's no way. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, if I think yeah. back to who my mom was when I was in sixth grade, I had no idea. Like, you're just trying to like live your own life and like. Right. You're just, your you're a kid. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it would be unfair to you to try to like be that parent and try to figure that out. Like, yeah. 
you know, and you shouldn't have, you're just a kid, like you be a kid, you know, and um, it's just funny because, you know, we all struggle, we all have different things that we dealt with as children, like, um, you know, you are feel like you will, you are an orphan now, and then Alex has this other thing, and we all were raised a certain way, right? But then, um, oh gosh, what am I going to say with this? Sorry. I'm old and my brain doesn't always work. Um, it's okay. I'm young and my brain hardly works. <laughs> uh, but we are all like, um, oh my God, hold point. We all have our own story, right? And we all have these things. Like I had two parents that got along great. They were divorced when I was one, but they remained best friends. It yeah. wasn't, so this is where I'm going to go a little bit with my, my mom's friend's story was, um, so it would not be weird that my mom would come over to my dad's house and her boyfriend and her and my dad and his girlfriend would go hot tubbing. You know what I'm saying? So that wasn't weird. I grew up that way. It wasn't right. until I was probably in middle school to high school that I realized, oh, most parents don't get along. That's so weird. Up until when my mom died, my dad would still come and stay at her house with mm -hmm. her boyfriend like because that wasn't weird like we all have our own stories but yeah. i felt abandoned like i didn't have any parents right. even though they were both there and they were very close like so we all have our our things but what i also want to say is um but you also have that connection with the authentic that's so fascinating too is like it sounds to me like your parents had a very authentic relationship with each other and you know you have that quality that's been passed on to you which is really fascinating when i think the the spirit side of things. Um, when I, I feel like I have an understanding of like why we're here, where we go after this. And my dad really is the one who like brought that to me. But I feel like when we came into this world, we were going to be faced with these terrible, horrible situations and, and things because in the spirit world, we don't experience what it is to be physical, what it is to like, cause it's everything's there is like all, um, you know, it's all spiritual, right? It's not in, you're not in a physical body. So we came into this world knowing we were going to be having these hard, hard challenges. And some people forget that. And some people give up. Right. Mm -hmm. But some yeah. of them, like, so I've had to pull myself together and be like, okay, you know what? I was up for this challenge. I can finish this. You know, I can do yeah. this. And so I think, and I think with Alex, like you had that moment when that person had passed away next to you. And you're like, I got this. Like, I'm not that uh, bad. Like, I'm still here. Right. Right. It, it was right. It was like a. Uh, I, I I like I attribute it to like a fight or flight mechanism. You know, it's like what it. Which way am I gonna go? And uh, I guess my fighting was, you know, thinking about something silly to make myself laugh in that moment, which was <laughs> a level of acceptance. Yeah. Yeah, and that's incredible. I mean, I would have just been, I'm out, right? Like so many people would, but like yeah, you're just it, a really strong person that, I mean, and you still are, you're still going and yeah. And Chase, seriously, like, I don't know anybody like you. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. That's, I'm still trying to figure one out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just, I just feel like we're all here for a reason. And we, we chose to come into these physical bodies to experience all of this. Yeah. Right. And then we're just, you know, we have these goals. We, we may not remember them, yeah. you know, but they're still there. I'm, I'm feeling like with, with our podcast that I'm like an investigator and I'm, I'm pulling up a cold case file. It's totally. really, it's really fascinating right now, especially with that information. Like, you know, I never had 
really the, the strong facts to, you know, to, to believe that that was the case. I know you only have little things, right? But it, yeah. it, but it could be a piece to some of the puzzle that you had. And, and as you go later into the year, like you guys can contact me, I could fill in or yeah. maybe explain something because there are probably three other, maybe four events that I find yeah. were significant in her life. Right. That I was just like, I, so I'm not, I'm not surprised. Like, you know, it's just, yeah, and it's, it, it's continuing to add depth. I mean, talking about breathing life into her, it's the full, yeah. you know, all of her. You know, oh my aspects. God. Here's one more thing and then we'll be done. Okay. When, um, your mom, I felt like was lost. Right. So I was like, and I knew she loved church. So we went to all these really different churches. Oh my God. I have another story for you really quick too. Um, but, um, so we were going to all these different churches and then we found, um, South Lake. Right. And, yeah. and then she enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't know if she ended up enjoying it as much as I did, but I ended up staying there and she still went to other churches, but I know that I would see her at South Lake and I joined like a Bible study and um, I knew that night I had to go out and buy this living Bible. And it was expensive. It was leather bound, but I had to have like the best one and whatever. I go. And then the very next day, my mother-in-law comes over and gives me hers. And hers is better because she's already marked all the pages and it's mm. great. But I had this brand new living Bible that I just stuck in my closet. And it's probably still, it's not there anymore, but I still have my mother-in-law's, which I never opened. Right. But I knew in my heart I needed one. So I'm in this Bible study and this woman next to me is like, oh, I really feel like I need a living Bible. Um, I just can't afford one right now. I'm like, oh my gosh. So the next week I go and get this. I go, I actually bought this for you. Not realizing at the time, right? right. So here's where I'm going with this. Your mother had given Lucy an outfit. And um, I told people that she wore it. She outgrew it before she even could get into it. But guess what? you're going to have a little girl and that's going to be. Oh gosh, outfit. that's great. She bought that for you. Like you get what I'm saying? I'm getting chills just talking about So that. are you out here? Are you saying? I'm saying you're going to have a daughter and she's going to wear this dress that your mom bought for you. She bought it. Yeah. However many years ago for my daughter, she thought. It wasn't yeah. for my daughter. My uh, my daughter never even could wear it. She was too chubby. But your wow. daughter's going to. Wow. Yeah, man. I, yeah. I, you know, like the last time I saw um, Joshua John, he had mentioned that there was a photo and that the photo would be on display eventually. And um, I like you know, was very conscious about that, found like a, a photo of my dad and, you know, had it in a book on display. And it wasn't until a couple weeks after the wedding when I realized that my parents' photo was on display. And I didn't ever put that together until the, you know, weeks, weeks after. And I was just so fascinated by that. Like, you know, the Dane on the wedding day came and brought that photo and then you know, whatever happened, that photo just, you know, wound up on the mantle. So yeah, that happens. So things like that happen all the time. We just have to pay attention, right? Because it's not just coincidence. Like, like, okay, I, I had this, I just told the story the other day, but my mom had passed away 
And so did my father, but my mom um, had a watch and I told Michael, like, I'll know that my mom made it to heaven when that watch starts working again. Yes. That battery, it's not going to work, right? It's never going to work. But um, this is years ago, Michael was going through something and he finds the watch. So he takes his and this old watch to like Fred Meyers or whatever and had new batteries put into it. Then he's like blowing up my phone. He's like, you know, you got to answer my call. And yeah. I'm like, I found the answer. And I'm like, what? And he's like, I just wanted to let you know, I don't want you to go home and freak out that the watch is working because I put a new battery in it. I go, then I know she made it because the watches are going to work on its own, but it needed Michael to get it there. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And it yeah. wasn't right away. It was months later. I'm like, I know she's fine. It's all good. You know? Yeah. That's how it works. That's it's how still, it works. Yeah. It still works. Yeah. Right. There you go. Right. Wow. So, I mean, I just think things like that happen. And I thought about that, that dress the other day, I keep moving it from one area to another and like this. And I'm like, you know, this isn't even my dress. No, but you're, you're, what's interesting is you're probably moving it to places that keeps your mind active and conscious of that. And, you know, if and when the time's right, you, it's gonna that light bulb's gonna immediately go off and okay gonna... but here's the thing i have different bins for each of my kids and i would have just put it in the bin yeah it's not mine right so i keep moving it that's because really... it's going to you yeah that's anyway i mean we could talk all day long and maybe we could retouch again after the story is a little bit yes. exposed and yeah and all of that stuff but i am to. just super proud of you guys do a little closing up like Tell us to go to you, subscribe, all of that good stuff. Megan, what do you got? All right. Well, yeah, everybody, th thank you very much, Leslie, first yes. for having us on. It's, it's been so a it's been you. a pleasure. It's really nice to finally meet you. Um, but yeah, you could uh, tune in to We Ain't Broke podcast. Uh, we're on all the platforms and uh, and social media, uh, specifically Instagram, is kind of where where we've been living recently, but uh, trying yeah. to expand that a little bit better. Um, but yeah, We Ain't Broke podcast is uh, where you can get in touch with us and feel free to reach out, ask questions. Chase and I love it. We love uh, yep. hearing what you think and uh, and just talking in general. And by Are all platforms, sorry? We, we have a TikTok technic technically. Technically, we have a yeah. TikTok. Everybody's on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. We, we need. I think we've posted one or two things. We yeah. need to. We need to put um, post these on YouTube as well. Uh, yeah, I, I think it would be good. But yeah, we're on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Breaker, and Radio Public. know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry-free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator sick of being upsold at gyms my guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. 
Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. DLM's Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.